Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Some assembly required. Madison had a bicycle there. It's actually a very nice bike, but it wasn't quite assembled properly. And her words at the end was, man, this is tiring. It's exhausting. Some assembly required. We're going to talk about that for the next three weekends. Today we're starting. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, three things today. First of all, some assembly is required. Secondly, uh, why getting assembled is important. And thirdly, why getting assembled is especially important now. So I'm going to read to you from Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 24 and 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I want to take this portion and answer three questions. First question, or first thing I want to look at, is some assembly is required. Uh, But before I, I dig into that, because I regard this portion as a commandment, uh, don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. I regard that as a commandment. I, I want to erase from our thinking the idea that, that God is some ogre in the sky who's just telling us what to do all the time, and he just wants to demonstrate his power and show us how itsy-bitsy we are. The truth of the matter is anything God asks you to do is because he loves you and it's for your benefit. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. What does the Lord require from you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. For your good. God hasn't given us instructions about how to live well, to to make our life a pain, to hurt us, to cause problems. This is all for our good. And here he says in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, don't forsake our assembling together. Now this verse has been the victim of a lot of misuse and I would say spiritual abuse and 
I have to acknowledge that I think at times I have probably been party to some of that misuse and abuse. See, I have quoted this verse and then I've made challenges like this. If you really, really know God and if you really, really love God and if you really, really care about your church, then you'll be at prayer meeting tonight and you better get out for Bible study the next night and don't miss what we're doing Saturday when we're going out visiting everybody and come early for prayer on Sunday morning and get back for Sunday morning service and your kids don't need to stay home and watch television on Sunday night uh, you come on out on Sunday night too and I've quoted this verse with some conviction that that's what uh, it's referring to here I don't think this verse is talking about uh, getting to church every time the doors are open I think this verse is talking about the importance of us assembling together, getting connected together relationally, finding our place of involvement that we are deeply committed to. It's a relational connection with the body. Uh, I don't think, I actually think we're stretching it to say this verse is talking about physical presence and physical attendance. This verse is not about physically gathering together so we could see each other. Madison had all the parts, but it wasn't assembled in a useful way. And uh, I want to remind all of us that we need to find our relational place of assembly uh, within the church because the church is God's plan for reaching the world right now. We all need to do be doing our part. You say, well... I'm just a seat. A seat really doesn't matter. Try riding a bike without a seat. You say, well, I am a seat and I'm tired of being a seat. All people do is sit on me. I take the weight of everything. I'm the one who has to absorb all the bumps. Well, thank God that there are people mature enough in the body of Christ who absorb the bumps, who handle the problems of life, handle the problems in our lives for us. We need people to be the seat. Some of you uh, say, well, I'm just a nut. I'm not really that important. Well, we need a bunch of nuts in our church too. What, whoever you are, whatever you are, your position, your place uh, matters, and we need to get assembled. So the first thing I would say from this portion of scripture is some assembly is required. Now, I hate assembling things. I hate boxes that show up in our house. Uh, some assembly required. I'm not good at putting things together. Now, fortunately, God's given me a wonderful wife who actually thrives on those kind of tasks. I'm not good at it. It honestly drives me crazy. Sometimes getting the church assembled is a bigger challenge than uh, any pastor would like. But it's the role of leadership to help us all remember that getting assembled is important. It is important for us to be assembled together. So why is getting assembled important? My second point, why is getting assembled together important? I think uh, this portion in Hebrews gives us three reasons why getting assembled is important. And the first one is uh, it's the considerate thing to do. Let us consider how to do this. It is the considerate thing to do. The Amplified Classic Version in translating this word considerate says be attentive, uh, give continuous care, look clearly at, look closely at. 
So we're supposed to look closely at this subject. We're supposed to be attentive to it. We're supposed to figure it out. We're supposed to know uh, what we're doing here in consideration of others. One elderly guy who came to church every week was deaf as anything. Couldn't hear a thing. And uh, he was, his eyes was so far gone that he really could just kind of see his hand when it was put in front of him. Somebody said, why do you even come to church? You can't see a thing or hear a thing. And he said, I come because I want everybody to know I'm on their side. We need to come together. We need to find our place in the body uh, as, a, as an act of consideration and letting people know we're with them, which makes, makes me understand the second reason. So it's considerate to come to church, uh, but it stimulates others. I like the wording here. Let us consider how to stimulate one another. When we get assembled properly, uh, we're stimulating one another in the body. Yeah, you say, but, but I'm, I'm just the pedals. The pedals don't matter. Well, you can have the greatest chain on your bike, and it can be oiled, and it can be tight. But I tell you, if there's no pedals, uh, that bike don't work too good. And I tell you, you can pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal and pedal all you want. But if in all of your pedaling, there's no chain, that bike isn't going anywhere. Every part matters. And we need to get assembled. And when we're assembled properly, it just stimulates all of us to do our part. It's really hard to stay excited when nothing's working right. But when everything is assembled properly, it stimulates us to be involved and, and to be doing what the writer of Hebrews calls our responsibility as church, to be loving one another and to be doing good deeds. So why is this assembly important? Uh, because it's a considerate thing to do. It stimulates people. And thirdly, it encourages us. It encourages us. Interesting word here. Uh, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some is. Some people forsake the assembling of themselves together. Forsake is the Greek word eikotalipo, eikotalipo. And it's made up of three little words, eikotalipo. The three little words it's made up out of is out, down, and behind. Out, down, and behind. Why do people forsake the assembling? I think it's because people haven't been stimulating them and they feel kind of on the outside of the church. They feel outside of the circle. They feel like they don't belong. People forsake the assembling of God because they're kind of down. They're kind of depressed. They're discouraged. And nobody's been there encouraging them. Nobody's been there stimulating them. And out, down, and behind. And some of them feel they're so far behind. The rest of us, they'll never catch up. They'll never be a spiritual person like Put whatever name comes into your mind when you think of that. Uh, and as a result of that, they just get uninvolved. Friends, we have an important role in the church of being assembled together. Uh, it's an act of consideration. It's an act of stimulating. And it 
encourages us. So we need to get assembled. Middle of COVID-19. Uh, when it first came out, we were told to practice uh, social distancing very quickly. Uh, although most of the printing stuff was already made, we stopped using the phrase social distancing. And we started using the phrase uh, physical distancing, keep our physical distance. And that's wise, and I encourage everybody to do that. I think the big danger here is though we have not only been practicing social distancing and physical distancing, we've been practicing spiritual distancing. We need to be really committed to our role in place in the body of Christ. And I understand and I completely respect those who, uh, for whatever reason, aren't ready yet to uh, attend services in person. Uh, I get it. I understand it. But it cannot be an excuse for being disconnected. Attend a gathering on Zoom. Make sure you're listening to our online services. Pick up the phone and chat to somebody and say, how are you doing in this season? Uh, drop somebody an email. Uh, connect and have a chat uh, on Facebook or something. Or make a loaf of bread and take it over to somebody and say, just thinking of you. Uh, we need to stay connected spiritually. We need to keep assembled. We need to keep encouraging one another. We need to keep uh, stimulating one another. It is the considerate thing to do. And now I want to talk about my third point and why making sure we are properly assembled is so important. And the answer for this is in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more as you see the day approaching. We need to be assembling like never before, at least in my view, because the day of the approaching of the Lord's return is closer than it has ever been before. What day is being talked about here? Well, the day, when you see that phrase, the day in Scripture, uh, it's talking consistently about uh, the return of the Lord. First Thessalonians 5, now uh, verses 1 and 2. First Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2. Now as to the times and the epochs, brethren, you have no need of anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night, the day of the Lord. And how will the day of the Lord come? Just like a thief in the night. Second Peter uh, chapter 3 and uh, verse number 10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar. What's the day of the Lord? It's this time when the Lord returns like a thief. We read in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse number 1, and talking about the coming of the day of the Lord, talking about the coming of the day of the Lord, it says the days up to it will be difficult 
times, difficult times. So when we talk about the day of the Lord, there are all kinds of differing, differing viewpoints on this, all kinds of voices out there. Uh, you've got really two extremes, and there's, there's a group out there saying, this COVID-19, this is the end, Jesus will be back before the end of the year, everybody get ready, and uh, I would remind everybody of Matthew 24 and 36 that no man knows the day, no man knows the hour, and we avoid that extreme. And then there's an extreme on the other end, which in my judgment is, is equally dangerous. And, and that thing like, oh, the world's had problems before and the world will have problems again. And, and we've always recovered. Everybody just take Jesus out of this. This is the flu. Second Peter uh, chapter 3 and verse 4, verse 3 reminds us that there's going to be people who scoff at the idea of the Lord's return at the end, and they're going to say, where's the promise of his coming? So these are people who know about his coming. Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Everything's going to be the same. We'll get over this. Everything will be fine. But we got this extreme. Jesus is going to be back real, real quick. Everybody get ready. And then we've got uh, the extreme that says... Uh, uh, not now, everything's going to be the same, everything's going to get better. I think everybody listening in today has a serious responsibility to figure out what they believe the Spirit of God is saying to them through the Word of God about the times we're living in. I've had four dreams in the last six weeks or so. I've told you about one of them where I missed uh, supper at my parents because I got so involved in having a good time at Sunnyside Camp, just hanging around with people and visiting them. And I finally phoned Dad and say, Donna and I are ready to come over for supper now. And Dad says, are you nuts? Uh, well, we're already, Mom and I are already in bed. The day's over. It's getting close to midnight. And I wasn't aware of the time at all. I had another dream last week. It happened at camp too, but this time the Saskatchewan camp, Living Waters camp. There may be some significance in these dreams happening at camps, places of fun and pleasure. We have a clock in our fifth wheeler and the clock fell off the wall. And it's sitting there on the floor <laughs> damaged and cracked a little bit, but still working and close to close to 12 o'clock. And nobody is paying any attention to the clock. <laughs> it's off the wall, nobody seems to care. Maybe I've been eating too much cheese or drinking too much of something before I go to bed, maybe, or maybe God's trying to say something. I need to discern that. I think as your shepherd, you need to discern what's maybe being said to your shepherd. Uh, I know, though, that we can't just 
presume that everything's going to be okay, that extreme without thoughtful consideration to it is not spiritually wise. And it's not spiritually wise to start writing people letters saying Jesus is coming back on November 15th. So how do we approach it? Well, I tell you what I try to do. I try to handle the news in one hand and with the Bible in the other. Don't listen to the news and just swallow it, hook, line, and sinker. Don't just say, well, that's what's happening in the world. Interesting. Turn it off and not think about it. Process the news while you're holding it in one hand with what the Word of God has to say about these situations. And so, you know, I've watched our world in the last four months, uh, and uh, we're in the midst of a very significant epidemic, and my heart aches for uh, the United States now with over four million people having... uh, got COVID-19, 4 million. I'm hurting as a man called to serve in the province of Saskatchewan that our numbers have been going up in the last uh, week or so. And I listen to the news, and then I I go to uh, my Bible, and I read Luke 21, verse 11. Does the Bible have anything to say about epidemics and pandemics? And uh, King James Version uses the word pestilence, but the Amplified Classic Version in translating uh, Luke 21, verse 11, talks about uh, pandemics, malignant pandemics that are contagious and cause a great deal of uh, sickness and even death. So the Bible talks about this in the context of epidemics. World Health Organization, I think it was 2013, says we are seeing more and more epidemics increasingly closer together and harder and harder uh, to figure out what to do with. That's what the World Health Organization said in 2013. We know what's happening in 2020. Pandemics, you read the news, you hear the news, but you go to the Word and figure out what is happening there. My heart has been absolutely broken to see the racial tension in our world and to see people because of where they come from, because of the color of their skin, uh, being mistreated and disrespected and even losing their lives. It's shameful. It's wrong. But I also get my Bible out and realize that that's something Jesus said is going to happen in the end times. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7, nation will rise against nation. But that's not what it says. It says, ethnos rises against ethnos. Ethnic group rises against ethnic group. Friends, this is not about one color of skin suddenly starting to hate another color of skin. This is a work of the evil one releasing his uh, last uh, attempts at 
uh, creating pain because that's all he creates in the world. We need to read the news with the Bible in the other hand. This economic uh, crisis, I believe it's a crisis we're in, beginning of uh, 2020, every single Canadian uh, to pay off the government debt, the national government debt, needed to pay $46,000, $46,000. So if you were a family of four, that means you have a second pretty big mortgage on your hands that you have to figure out how to handle. You're gonna be making payments on that. And I don't know what the exact numbers are, but those numbers have gone way up. We're in the midst of economic crisis. And the Bible is clear, Revelation uh, chapter, uh, 13, I think it is. Let me find it. Might be chapter 11. Revelation chapter 13, uh, verses 11 through to 13. Uh, I saw another beast coming who exercises all authority in the earth. And this beast comes and he comes and he creates uh, tension that uh, nobody knows what to do with. And he comes, book of Revelation, and he makes everybody uh, take a number on their forehead or a number on their, on their wrist, 666, in order to be able to have that number scanned to purchase anything. Something is going to happen. Some kind of an economic crisis is going to happen uh, for all of this to be happening. I listen to the news and I hold a news, as I listen to the news, I hold the Bible, uh, in the other hand, lawlessness, my goodness. Listening to the evening news is so disheartening. You see people rioting streets and breaking windows of stores and going in and stealing things, setting things on fire. Uh, we see things being torn down that have been around for centuries. And... Uh, in the midst of all of this, we think part of the solution is to defund the police. Sounds to me like the enemy who is raising up a man called the man of lawlessness, also will be known as the Antichrist, uh, is getting us thinking that obeying the law and following the law doesn't matter that much. You read the news, you read the news with always your Bible in the hand. So why is it important for us to be assembling together, finding our place of relational commitment in the body of Christ to doing what we can to stimulate others, to encourage one another? Why is that important? Well, I think it's important because I think I know the return of the Lord is closer than it's ever been. I'm not setting dates. I'm not saying things aren't going to get better for a little while. That's in the Lord's hands. But I know the return of the Lord is closer than it's ever been before. And the writer to the Hebrews is saying, hey, in light of that, in light of that, we need to make sure we're assembled together. We're connected together because there's a time coming when each other is all we're going to have. I remember being so excited back in 1966 when dad and mom took us to California for the very first time. We drove down there, stayed each night in a tent trailer, and the day came when we were driving through the redwoods. 
these massive, massive trees, beautiful trees, 125 feet tall, many of them. And you look at them and how do they stand the, the winds and the rainstorms of, of uh, Northern California? How does all of that work? You think, well, they must have really, really deep roots. Truth of the matter is the roots aren't deep. Their roots are so intertwined with one another that they hold each other up because of how connected together the root system is. Friends, this is a season when the church needs to be connected. So much more as we see the day approaching. May God help us discover the joy of obeying God's word. And may God help us to just examine our hearts and, and examine them honestly, give serious consideration, uh, attentive thought to careful care to whether we're doing our part and being connected and being assembled together. Parts, it's good to be apart, but apart when it's apart is useless. We need to be assembled for the church to be everything God dreams it to be. There is a time coming when we may be all we have for each other. Let's get assembled. Can we just bow our heads in kind of a quiet moment for a minute or so and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us now? And then I'm going to be back and I'm just going to say a word of prayer. Thank you, uh, Dustin Hudson, for sharing your grads with us today. It's obvious you assemble some things in here. My grads doesn't look at all like this. Maybe many of your lives reflect my grads more than it reflects Dustin's grads. We really do need to be committed to relational connectedness, getting assembled together. As uh, as believers. So Father, I just pray that your spirit would come and give enormous strength and power to the word I've shared today. And the Lord, we would hunger and long after doing our part to give uh, other people the encouragement they need and for the church to be a place where love is shared and good deeds come out of and through. In Jesus' name. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. 
If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.